Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. We do have a guest coming in with us this morning. Her name is Tam Veyu, and she is the creator and uh, producer of the uh, Energy Almanac, which I also participate in. I see Tam. Let's bring her in. Good morning, Tam. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much. Pardon my little delay getting on. Oh, no worries. No worries. We, we're dealing with time today, which is an interesting thing, right? Time and timelessness. Yes. So we'll we'll talk a bit about what that's all about. But first, um, you know, this is the first time I think that you and I've actually been together on my show. Maybe maybe a couple of years back we were. Oh, I think, I think this is the first time I think, I think you're right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to my audience and, uh, Tam, of course, as I said, just in the opening is the creator and producer of the energy almanac, which is newly uh, hot off the presses. She has it in her hand. Let's see. I'm going to make the screen big. So it's just you. So you can, nope, I did it wrong somehow. Yeah. Uh, let's go back. No, no, <laughs> no, there. No, that's still, I'm not sure how to just make it you. Oh my gosh, how bad of me. But pull, pull the the thing, the, the book up so everybody can see the cover because the cover is always so beautiful. Thank and you. we have these beautiful colors, our little cups of coffee here where we sit back and chat about what is happening <laughs> in the stars. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's something really exciting and new about this year's uh, um, uh, book because you actually wrote most of the astrology. In fact, all of it. You wrote the astrology part of it with just me guiding you from behind. That is the truth of it. Boy, oh boy, when this book first started, I didn't, I mean, I knew about astrology, but I didn't know enough about astrology by a long shot to write the book. And so I hired you those first couple of years and we had another master astrologer, Elianteen. And then I decided like my time has come and I really wanted to put more of myself into it. So I sort of, I, I'm, I'm, you're going to laugh when I say this, but I sort of asked your permission, can I do this? <laughs> and will you help? Me? And so um, you agreed to sort of mentor me through it, edit, guide. And I think, I think it came out perfectly it's got my voice but it's got your additional wisdom inside of it and i think it just came out perfectly i think you did a marvelous job now make sure everybody can hear me right oh yes okay good um i had to switch to my headset because because my computer is just i don't know it plays <laughs> with the sound so like sometimes i can be talking to somebody and i can hear them perfectly and today i cannot hear you very well so <laughs> but now i can hear you perfectly okay good Yay! So, so the Energy Almanac is available now, right? It just it it hit the the uh, sales in what late November, mm -hmm. and I did note yesterday when I was looking at the website that um, mailing might be an issue right now. Yeah, mailing is definitely going to be an issue right now. The book has actually been available since October first. Um, November, we kind of do the big shout out about it. It's available now and getting it in time for Christmas is definitely going to be tricky unless you use priority mail. If you're using media mail, there's no way it'll come before Christmas. I don't count on that at all. 
Yeah. And of course, that has nothing to do with uh, with her or with her production team or anything like that has everything to do with uh, slowdowns in the mail system, which, by the way, they have done on purpose. Right. That wasn't something that was a choice that the mail service is making to slow mail down and especially to, uh, you know, more rural areas. So like for me, I don't know when I would get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I media media mail is taking three weeks, sometimes more. Yeah. So don't get discouraged. Buy yeah. it. Buy it because it's so worth having. And even if you don't get it until later in December or it might even, you know, come it might come in time for Christmas. I, I wouldn't count on it. Then uh, you'll have it to start the new year, which is, of course, when all of that energy starts to come into play. Exactly. And I want to, I actually want to tell people who are like, you know, why, why would I even bother buying it in January? It's 52 weekly astrology predictions. So if you do the math, it's 67 cents a week (laughs) to know what's going to happen. So people say, well, I'm not going to buy it in June. I'm like, are you crazy? It's $1.20 a week to know what's going on. Like, yeah, it has immense value. So, you know, if you get it in January, you're only paying 67 cents a week for the rest of the year. It's $35 to buy the book. Which is so well worth it. I I, I can't even imagine not having a tool like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell us why, because it's not just about the astrology. There's a whole lot more that goes into this book. It's so much. It's everything from keywords for the month. It's a beautiful illustration that you can hang up. It is numerology gemstones, essential oils, movement, shadow work. I love the shadow work. And it's not because you wrote it, although I love that part of it. But it's, <laughs> it's important to know what you're going to bump up against. So um, having weekly shadow work to understand is is so important. But beyond that, it's beautiful. I want to I'm trying to share one of the illustrations. So everybody can. Here we go. Here's the January illustration. So there's your keywords. There's your weekly do this, but don't do that. (laughs) The two moons down here and then a coaching question that you can use that's right inside of there. It's so robust, you know, and it's just beautiful. I mean, that's the thing for me is that, you know, a plain book isn't so exciting. But when you have the 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 artwork and you have it broken up into different components, um, because I know you also have someone who's sharing the uh, the oils, right, for that work with the month. Um, And yeah. And there are other uh, movements, I think, in in that and uh, then the numerology, the gemstones. So it's a complete it's a package deal. Journaling perfect right you don't have to go buy a separate journal you don't you it's don't. an all-in-one tool it's really a, it's more like a workbook than a just like a book book it's really a where i write in my book every week i may i go in ahead of time outline what might happen how it might affect me uh, and then the next week when i go to read i make notes about this and the previous week so that i can go back and relate like oh my god uh, Mercury was conjunct the sun and this is what happened in my life. It's really fascinating to journal how astrology is helping you. Absolutely. And you get a lot of feedback from readers. I can't even like the feedback is remarkable and it's weekly. I get feedback like, how did you know that was going to happen? Or you won't believe what happened. And it fell right <laughs> in line with this. I get them. I got another text two days ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that kind of validation because it does mean that the work that we're doing by sharing the energies that are coming up for the week or for the month, I mean, you could read it as the month and you kind of get an idea too for all four weeks or five weeks in the month, what it is that you should be expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the amazing thing about it is it isn't personalized to any one yeah. person out there. So right. we're really in the process of it, stepping back a bit and looking at the bigger idea of what is happening and uh, watching how that unfolds or at least guiding people to how that might unfold. Right. Like mundane astrology, yes. dealing with mundane astrology. But at the same time, one of the gifts that you taught me is like, yes, there's this mundane, but don't forget to address the personal planets because that's what people are going to feel very close to home. So it's got both a little bit of personal and watch what's going on in government or school or society. Yeah. 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 Especially because we've had these massive transits with Pluto, with Saturn, with Uranus and Neptune, even though Neptune's been the quiet one, really, until we get to 2022. (laughs) You know, and it was funny because that that is that's one of these transit type things that's hard to pin down as to, you know, how is that going to play out? And I remember way back in I think it was 2019 when I was preparing to do the astrology for 2020. It was Neptune, this quiet, behind the scenes planet that it was the sort of crapshoot in the time period that we're in because the time period previous that would even come close to what we're experiencing now was in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. But in the dark ages, Neptune wasn't a player. So mm-hmm. Neptune was a player this time. How is that going to play out? And really, we, we only can see that when we begin the discussion. And next year, of course, uh, if you're looking at the 2022 volume of the Energy Almanac, you're going to see Neptune happen to play a bigger role, mostly yes. because Jupiter's moving into Neptune territory. Right on. It's funny you're mentioning that. I was reading about that again yesterday, just kind of freshening myself about what that's going to be like. And I mean, we talk, I think in my circles, we're talking a lot about the Great Awakening. And Mm. I feel like Neptune has got to be influencing that in a really large way. Yeah, yeah. He has a lot of power there. And I think that's the thing that we've undersold because he's in his sign. He's in his sign of rulership. He rules that Piscean uh, imaginal realm and that uh, sensitivity and that psychicness, that water emotion energy. Mm-hmm. And he's very adept at creating, you know, the think about the ocean and how the ocean responds to the various atmospheric pressures and things like that. And now we have a lot of air energy entering into our conversation for the next 20 years, actually for the next 200 years. Ooh. So we have the air's ability to froth up the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be Neptune and this year for at least the first four months and then a break and then the rest of the year with Jupiter in Pisces, a right. sign he co-rules, mm-hmm. right, along with Neptune Absolutely. teaming up. Yep. And I think that's where the biggest awakening uh, potential is. Yeah. And I'm seeing it in my own family. Oh, yes. My circle, too. I totally understand what you're saying. And, and you know, the Jupiter and Pisces, I think, also there's that darker side to it where there there's this escapism and the potentials for addiction. And so I I also wonder how that will play out. And I think uh, forewarned is forearmed, right? Correct. That's why you and I do what we do. Yes. Yes. Right. Is to let people know and to have them be able to at least prepare. Right. Um, You know, I, 
underestimated preparation for my own solar return this year. And I paid a price, right? I paid the price because less than a month later, my son died. And yet in my solar return, it was there. Oh, hello, puppy. Is that a new one? No, that's Johnny. I've had him a couple years. Oh, okay. I always remember a bigger dog. Yeah, the other one, she's right there. Oh, okay. Um, hello, puppies. We love dogs here. Uh, so anyway, it it pays to pay attention. Uh, and to that, to the solar return, like I'm, every opportunity I get, I tell people, go get your solar return. Know what is ahead. It is so beneficial. I And I know I've told you this, Janet, but I'm going to say it again. I take my notes from my solar return reading that you give me. I make a poster. My poster is on the wall right <laughs> over there. And I keep it in front of me. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. I have this visual reminder. And I just think everybody can benefit from knowing what's ahead. Yeah. And one of the things I'm delving deeper into for 2022 myself is predictive astrology. So Mm. I'm, 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 I've always done it. I just never called it that. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing to me to see when you really focus on, well, what's coming down the line, what you can pick out in people's charts. A solar return is basically that. We're looking ahead at the year mm-hmm. uh, and seeing what we can do. And the almanac is doing that too, right? Only just yeah. not as a solar return. It's doing right. it as a calendar return, if you will. Yes. And looking ahead. And there's a lot of value in being able to see those stumbling blocks or those days where it's all in, you know, go, go, go versus days where it's nope, step back. (laughs) It's not a good time to do that. Um, I use the predictions weekly. We my in my house, it's either Sunday night or Monday morning, book open, husband, wife having a conversation. This is what we have on the calendar. And this is what the almanac says. Do we need to adjust? That is how we use it. My, and I hear that from a lot of people. I mean, it's not always a husband and wife, but I have my calendar and I adjust accordingly. That's a really good way to do that. I would never have thought about that. Like sitting oh. down and having a planning session with the almanac. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's what we do. And I actually was just um, talking with a person who is a, like a spiritual life coach. And she says it is the one book that sits on the corner of her desk all mm-hmm. week long. And the week ahead, she will read it. That way she can know what her clients might be bringing to her. Because what she says is there's basically a theme that runs through all of her clients. And she can relate it directly to the energy. Yeah, I I would imagine that's true. As I think about it, it does. You know, it was funny yesterday, day before yesterday, I was doing a reading. And then somebody, uh, so I did that reading. And then somebody asked me a question, another client via text. And I, I had to pull that person's chart to look at it. And I went, oh my God, I'm, you're dealing with the same theme as the woman that I just did a reading for, only she was born in 1954 and you're born in, you know, I think it was 1982. And I went, what? It's crazy, right? That this happens. Yeah. And um, that themes, thematically, we are all working on similar things right. because we have outer planets that are symbolizing the collective. Yes, exactly. And then we have those inner planets that change up the dynamic for you uh, personally, uh, versus the collective planet. So we have your, your personal and the, uh, interpersonal or the, uh, societal, societal, cultural, generational changes that are going on. Yeah. So staying tapped in relieves a lot of the stress that I think people are feeling. I totally agree with you. And that is a word that I hear a lot. They they'll say they'll hug their almanac and they go, this thing keeps me hopeful. 
like they don't feel alone. Yeah. And it's true. Like we're all having basically the same experience at different points, different areas. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to know, like, you're not going crazy. <laughs> That's what I get a lot. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. And then I read the almanac. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not going crazy. It's just that there is something wacky going on. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to segue a little bit. If you, you are welcome to stay with me for the whole hour here as we pepper and talk about different things to do with the almanac. Um, but I also don't want to miss this opportunity to talk about the current events, if you will, in astrology, where we are sitting right here on the cusp of a solar eclipse, mm-hmm. a very powerful solar eclipse, even if it isn't visible right. for us on the West Coast. And for those of you in Hawaii and Alaska, that will happen this evening at 1143 p.m. Pacific time. So I think that's eight something for the people in Alaska and Hawaii. If you are on the mountain time further east into Europe and so forth, that happens on Saturday morning. No matter when it happens, no matter when you experience it, this is a huge opening, right? An opening. So I wanted to talk about what does that opening look like? Because I think you have a couple of different things that you have to look at. First of all, it's happening in a sign. It is happening in an aspect pattern. It is a new moon, right? A new moon is full of hope and intention and possibilities. And and by setting intentions, we have the power to kind of direct where we want to go and who who we want to do those things with. And, and that brings us personal power. But if we align ourselves with the sign it's in, and then also with the house it's in and our personal charts, then we can see how we can really be moving in sort of lockstep with the universe. And again, that's a great reason to have the almanac, because I'm sure you address the solar return or solar, excuse me, solar eclipse Absolutely. Uh, yeah. in 2021's um, book. Yes. And different people have different viewpoints on these different things. And that's important to know, too. You have to use your own discernment, right? right? Some people skew things a little bit more to the negative. I tend to go a little bit more to the positive uh, while addressing sort of that need that we have to look at what's on the darker side. So I thought, let's chat about, for example, what Sagittarius means, because that's where this is happening. Get your own personal charts out, guys, right? Get your chart out, your astrology chart. I am going to throw in some human design with it as well. So you might as well have that chart too. Mm -hmm. And as we look at Sagittarius, uh, it is an energy that brings up our quest for truth, Mm. right? The capital T truth, not those little truths that we all think are the truths, the bigger ones, right? But in it, we're addressing our beliefs, our philosophies, religion even plays into this because everything to do with Sagittarius happens to do with how we view ourselves in the context of the bigger, wider universe, right? Right. Uh, oh, you, uh, oh, you, 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 you. <laughs> either you're pausing or I'm pausing yes. one of the two, <laughs> but, I, but I can still I hear you. Like I'm not sure. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, let's see if I... I know my computer is tweaking out. Yeah, I, 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 I'm fine. So hopefully it's just a, a blick, a blip on the screen. Uh, so besides the fact that we're looking for the bigger truth, right? And here's where the danger comes in because we all think we know the truth. <laughs> We've seen that happening in the in the world around us, where you know people are getting their news from different places, and so it skews the idea of what is truth, right? If you get your truth from one place, you're hearing one set of circumstances and one slant to it, versus if you get your news from a different place, you hear a different slant. So 
the 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 bigger message in Sagittarius is to use your own discernment to step mm -hmm. back and see what really is meaningful for you. And then use your intuition. It's amazing how intuitive Sagittarius energy is. Remember the symbology here. We're dealing with a centaur, mm -hmm. uh, a very earthly being, big hips and legs, thighs, feet planted firmly on the ground, but with his arrow uh, pointed at the galactic center. So at the heart of the universe, if you will. So we're looking for that bullseye, that unifying field theory that brings everything together and ties us all together in these universal themes. And when we hit that bullseye, we find freedom, right? Freedom. The, through adventure, through the exploration, through being spontaneously engaged with the, the energies that we're in. Uh, Sagittarius also rules the law. That is one of the more mundane, not as fun things to look at with Sagittarius energy. So it helps us to see how our laws are working for us or not, right? We've seen that happen a lot lately. It's in the news just about every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, attorneys and court proceedings, all of that. It's the more boring part, but it's also happening um, uh, on the collective level. In real time. <laughs> in real time. We're, we're getting to watch in real time the changes taking place through how the laws have been applied in the past and then having to redefine maybe how it is that we, we deal with some things to make it more fair, equitable as we move down into the future or move up to the future. Optimism, another big energy for Sagittarius. So to me, I feel really good inside about what is happening, even if the world itself looks a little bit crazy, <laughs> even if there's another variant of the darn virus that's going around, even if, you know, there's worry, there's all this stuff out there. I still feel like there's reason for optimism. And that comes from having faith. Another word that comes up with Sagittarius, faith in the benevolence of a universe. This is a sign ruled by Jupiter, mm -hmm. our most benevolent planet. Right. Right. So good luck. Fortune may be smiling on us. Um, and again, uh, this sometimes has to do with how we see the world. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the world through a glass half dark uh, or through the glass half full, half empty, then you're seeing it in the more pessimistic, more Saturnian way, where when you're looking at it through what more is possible, uh, what is the expansion that I have, even if this feels like contraction, um, then we're looking at it through the glass half full and with the potential for good luck and fortune because of being optimistic. We're not going to miss the good luck right in front of us. Right. Right. Uh, Sagittarius also rules higher education. So colleges, universities, finding solutions. Wouldn't that be nice to focus on that for once and not problems? And of course, we always have the more negative aspects of a sign, the shadowy things that we must look at. We must look at carelessness when we deal with Sagittarius, moving too fast and not seeing the pitfalls, right? They, I always think of Sagittarius as manifesting generators because <laughs> they're moving, moving, moving. Let's just do this. <laughs> yeah. And then I fall over my, you know, books that I stacked in my room because I didn't, I forgot I put them there. Mm -hmm. um, Self-righteousness, another one of those issues, right? We can get so caught up in our beliefs that it makes it hard to see that other people are also holding beliefs and are also maybe holding bits of the truth. That there is no one truth that any of us can see at this moment, really. It's a made up 
It's a kaleidoscope of all different types of truths. Um, making assumptions. Sagittarius makes assumptions sometimes, and we know what that means, right? Makes a you-know-what out of you and me. Blunt <laughs> speaking. Sagittarians are known for their blunt speak, which I, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with, except that we know in human design that the throat is designed to be invited. The voice is designed to be invited out of you. So you don't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, you know that the way that you speak about that sucks. <laughs> We we wait for them to we wait for the person to say, you know, tell me how how that sounded right. <laughs> or, you know, I'd love your opinion on what I'm doing or something like that. And then our blunt speak is is received in the manner in which it was given. So we need to watch for that health. The liver is ruled by Sagittarius or has that correlation. The hips, right, the hips, the sciatica issues that you might have in the spine doesn't necessarily rule the spine, but the nerves that can get pinched within the spine that can create sciatica. And then it, think about the centaur and the, the center, the strength in the hips and the, the thighs, the upper legs. So Sagittarius rules that as well. So we have a lot of places where we can set positive intentions right now um, for not only the new moon, but for the solar eclipse. Yeah. It's a lot. And as a Sag rising myself, <laughs> I'm, uh, so all of that hit home with me. And uh, I often get nailed for you're always so positive and, you know, the glass is always half full with you. And, you know, people can sometimes be put off like that. And then I might have a tendency to be too blunt with them. <laughs> I'm very curious how the um, eclipse will affect a rising sign. Well, it depends on what's the degree of the rising sign. So the eclipse is occurring at 12 degrees, 12 minutes of Sagittarius. And there's an orb. Uh, to explain an orb, it's just this little space around where that is happening that uh, creates an effect for someone. So if you're looking at an astrology chart and you happen to have a, a planet at 12 degrees of any sign, it's going to get hit in some way, shape or form. Mm. If you have a 12, a planet at 12 degrees, 12 minutes or 12 degrees, 11, let's say 10 to 12, no, 10 to 14, let's say, let's give it a little bit of wiggle room there of Sagittarius, it's definitely going to hit, right? You're going to have this happening. But overall, because the eclipse and the new moon together are in the sign of Sagittarius, the house that you have in Sagittarius is where the opportunities lie for mm -hmm. the new beginning. If you have a Sagittarius rising, that means it's your first house, yourself, your, your, yourself, your personage, right, that has the opportunity for a new outlook, right? Sagittarius ha takes the long view. I always think of that that connection it makes to the galactic center where it's the long view, it's the heart of something. And maybe, you know, being able to see uh, your way in a new, yourself in a new way, to be able to um, put yourself out into the world in a new way. I mean, it's a pretty powerful place to have the eclipse, but no matter what house the eclipse is having or is hitting for someone, it is where the opportunity is in your life for change for the uh, a door to be closed and one to be opened. Right. 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 Yeah. So sometimes with an eclipse, we start to see that building before even even, uh, you know, within the last week, 
um, I was noticing different things that could be considered eclipse oriented things in my own personal life. Like, is this a change that's coming some, some new direction? And usually right around the day of the eclipse, it becomes more crystallized. And then afterwards, you begin to see like the direction. It's almost like a revelation that begins to happen. But the eclipses never are just a moment. They start something. Right. Right. They start or they finish something. Mm -hmm. If it's a finishing of something, then you have a new beginning. And often it's the lunar eclipse that brings the finishing, the ending, the completion, and then sets the stage for what comes next, which is a solar eclipse that brings the new beginning. Mm. Um, I want to, I'm going to ask you to tie in the degree again. So I, while you were talking, mm-hmm. I was looking up, what do I have anything at 12 degrees? So my moon is at 12 degrees. So at what sign? Taurus. So what you need to do is look at what what is the relationship between Sagittarius and Taurus? Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of an inconjunct, right? That means that they're they're kind of working with energies that are not a little bit alien. So there may be you have to have an adjustment, mm-hmm. <laughs> an attitude adjustment, uh, an That's emotional right. adjustment, right? Sure. Um, it's in conjuncts. I think they get sort of a bad rap because they're tied to, you know, what could be a yod, uh, which is a very difficult aspect pattern. But an inconjunct gives us the opportunity, if we're willing, to step back and make adjustments to our path, to our attitude, in your case, to your emotional energy, to your inner self, right? I was reading an article this morning, or was it yesterday morning? Oh, the days sort of blend together. And uh, they were talking about how we have this you know, tendency to not see ourselves very clearly. I mean, we think we know ourselves, um, but we're often acting on patterns that were established in childhood or even our, um, you know, prenatally in, uh, you know, when we were in the womb. And we have a huge opportunity right now, today, but also going on through this month to take a look at that deeper uh, pattern that might be running the show. And partially that's coming from the eclipse pattern, but also because Venus is coming together with Pluto Mm -hmm. next Friday, Saturday, the 11th. Mm -hmm. And that gives us an opportunity to look into those dark places to see, Mm -hmm. oh my God, all along my fear of fill in the blank has been running the show. Mm -hmm. And now I have this opportunity to um, let that go. So the eclipse to, to put this in some kind of context, the eclipse might be bringing up something for you that uh, in your own emotional self or in your own physical being or in your attitudes or how you've always thought that triggers an emotion, mm. right? Or something like a, a need that you see that you've got to change something. Mm-hmm. And that can be very difficult. But if you wait just a little bit before you beat yourself up over it or, you know, make some major big change, that you might see what the underlying pattern has been. Mm -hmm. And then you are consciously able to make that change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So what house does that put the moon in for you? Um, uh, I think that's my seventh. Yeah. Or or no, it would be your eighth. Ninth. My, my natal moon is in my fifth. Natal moon is in your fifth house. So it affects your creativity. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. Your creativity. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. And I you like know that. who I am and how I am. I like that too. <laughs> I like that too. I do. Mm. This is really for everybody else who's watching. Should they look at their look for 12 degrees inside their chart? Definitely. Yeah. First look for Sagittarius and Sagittarius as a symbol is an arrow. You can't miss it, right? It's an arrow. That's the astrological symbol for it. And find then look inward a little bit to the chart. Where, what house is that? What house yeah. is that sitting in? Right. And then if you are able to, because some people can do this easier than others, then look for the degrees of any planets that are in there. Yes. If any of them hit between 10 and, like I said, 14 degrees or so, this eclipse is activating those planets. And yeah. an activation means that the, the conjunction that would happen of the sun and the moon, which represent a new beginning, will be affecting those planets in that house or area of your life. So Ooh. it brings opportunities and it's one of those things where a door could close and then another one can open. Now, mm -hmm. I, I also want to look at this in, in uh, through human design because it gives us another lens that we can yes. look through to see this, right? And that solar eclipse is happening in the gene key five or the, the human design gate five, which is on the sacral center. So it's the second up from the bottom. It's It would be red if you are a generator or a manifesting generator, and it will be white if you are a manifester, a projector, or a reflector. But right now, that's where the eclipse is happening at the gate five, which is a gate of timelessness. And in the shadow here, it's impatient. And I can, I can, I can connect to that energy of impatience like nobody's business because I, I, I feel like everybody can, because this year has been about fits and starts and things that yes. slam you and take you out of your, uh, the, the path that you thought you were on, uh, or things that undermine, you know, your confidence or your, your ability to do what you want to do or do what you want, you know, what you've always done. And in that, then we've had to exorcise, exercise patience. Mm -hmm. And that's the gift here is that in this particular setup for the new moon, it's not like today it's going to happen, right? It, it could, don't get me wrong. It could, uh, but here is the waiting for divine right timing. Mm -hmm. So you may hatch a glimpse right? You may know that, oh, there's this creative opportunity that's coming up, but is it going to happen right now today or even in the next week or two? Maybe, maybe not. That all depends on how that is set up in your own particular chart. But what it all boils down to, Tam, is trusting in your inner authority, trusting in your type and your strategy, trusting in what you know to be true for you and not listening so much to the buzz about what other people think you should do. Mm. You know, right take now, yeah, take a note, take a note, trust yourself, right? Trust yourself. It comes right down to that. And every one of us can connect to that where we've had some inner inkling or we've seen something in our outer world that we wanted to, re to, to respond to, to use more human design words there. And we don't do it for whatever reason. And then later we're like, oh, I should have done that. I should have listened. Yeah. So we might have that kind of thing here. So the wisdom, I'm going to give you step-by-step step what the wisdom is for this new moon solar eclipse. Wait, wait, be patient. Number two, trust yourself. You know what's the best timing for you. You know what the best opportunity is for you. Three, set your intentions and your goals 
And I would say since Jupiter's involved in this uh, eclipse because it rules Sagittarius, go big or go home. Right? <laughs> go big. I love there's, that. There, there's nothing wrong in having a big goal or having a big right. aspiration or hope or uh, a big intention. It doesn't necessarily mean that that happens like this. It can because I've seen miracles happen. But there's no reason why you should water down your dreams. There's nothing in this that says that. Now, the fourth step, while you're waiting for the divine right timing, for the right opportunity, relax, live, love, laugh, wait for the universe to align uh, and assemble the right people at the right timing and in the right with the right opportunity. I love don't, that. Don't try to be that, that racehorse that wants to jump out of the gate be a little smarter about it, have patience. And that's, I think, the difficulty here is we sort of are feeling like we've been closed in and we've been shut down or we've been shut in and and uh, stymied in, you know, wanting to, to do things and being able to take steps. But trust me, when you wait, it's the, the beautiful part is that the right opportunities and the right timing with the right people come together so much easier. Mm. Lovely, lovely, right? Oh, this is so juicy, Janet. I love it. So, and it's great to have somebody else to chat with uh, about these things too. And even though I know you're fairly new with astrology, I know you get this, right? Oh, I these totally are, get this. I yeah. totally do. You, you bring it astrology to a to the next level, and it's beautiful because it's so understandable. I love that you can distill it in a way that's usable. Thank you very much. Now let's take a look at some comments that people have and see if we can find some. Uh, I don't know if you can see them, um, but all right. So let's do this. Let's see. Susie Gemini says, eat, pray, love, and drink coffee. Let's do it. <laughs> eat, eat, pray, love, do astrology. <laughs> uh, and drink coffee. <laughs> and water. I always have two water and coffee sitting with me or tea. I switch to tea later because I don't want to have too much coffee. Uh, Natasha says, I have eight aspects triggered around the 17 degree and Sagittarius is in my sixth house. Well, 17 might be a little bit outside of it, but it, it, we'd have to really look and see what the force is of the energy of the planets that are there. Because what you have going on there is uh, a plethora of confusion, possibly, about what a new direction might mean for you. The sixth house, of course, is work, service, your health. Um, it is how you share and give of yourself your gifts to the world. So maybe there's eight different ways that you could be sharing what you love or what you do. And maybe it's time maybe to pare that down or to focus it in somewhat um, or package it so that it all makes sense. Um, it'd be interesting to see what all those aspects are. Mm -hmm. Alvia Crescens, good morning to you. I've not seen you here before, so welcome. Christine Buckingham says, doggy agrees, right? Doggy barking in the background. Um, J-Lo, five, gate five, line three, ascendant in her design, 5-1 Neptune. Ooh, so there's a little bit uh, of confusion here maybe for you, J-Lo, at times about, well, how, how long should I wait, right? Or uh, in the meantime, this gate five is also about routines, right? Mm -hmm. the, the routines, the healthy habits that we get into it has a sort of Virgo feel to it, mm. even though it's not a Virgo gate. Um, it begs us to be in the natural rhythm of things, that everything happens in right and perfect timing, which means that it's not our human idea of when things should happen, right? It happens like the trees don't blossom and bloom in the dead of winter. 
unless the winter is different for some reason, right? So nature has a timing and that's something that we humans tend to want to push ourselves ahead of or um, push our way into. So relax. The universe has your back. It has the right timing. We don't know what that timing is necessarily. All we can do is follow the signs or follow our intuition, depending on how uh, your particular chart is laid out for you. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, Andy girl, grand rising, everybody. Have an amazing day. She must have to run off. Let's see, any other questions out here? If you had a question and I missed it, please type it in again. Uh, Tom Wright, 12 degrees Sagittarius, so two to three degrees on either side. Exactly. I would go with an orb of two degrees unless you have a lot of planetary energy there that is very close. And then we might have to extend it out a little bit. It's always very, I mean, it's going to be different for everybody's chart. So I, I just give you sort of the thumbnail, the the two degrees on either side kind of, of way of looking at it. Um Alvia said, Mars at 10 degrees Taurus. That's why we get along. You must know, Alvia. Do you, Tam? Alvia Crescens? Oh, no, oh maybe she's talking to someone else in here. Uh, yeah, okay, good so. morning, Kathleen. And uh, okay, so I don't see any other questions at the moment, but I could be missing them. Uh, somebody's talking about Life Path 5. Uh, I'm thinking that means freedom and change. Yeah, th that life path five is a true adventurer. Uh, numerology is is so fun to look at your life path number. So good for you. You probably move around a lot and you love to go zip lining and jumping out of planes and <laughs> good for you. Have fun. <laughs> uh oh i see that's coming from sunny smiles uh i think yes. i know who that is and it's amazing uh because that's so true of her uh j-lo 11 degrees venus uh in the first 13 degrees saturn in the second 11 degrees neptune seventh my sagittarius house all hidden of course within the sun in the 12th bringing out the best of you right bringing up from the depths the parts that might lie waiting right? In the unconscious. You, more than anybody, might have access to some of the more uh, hidden aspects of what fears maybe have been holding you back or what old patterns have been tying you to um, less than effusive expression of yourself, right? So there we have that. Um, there we go. Uh, J-Lo says, I did blow a fuse today earlier. So... <laughs> So I want you guys to think about this. I mean, right now I want to take a look at what's ahead of us for December um, just to get context because this all plays into, I almost feel like sometimes, Tam, we should put December in the almanac for the next year because it bleeds over, right? It, it's oh, never oh, like, yeah. Oh, we have to yeah. consider that for next year. Yeah. That's like December, idea. 2021, just as a review. Uh, so mm -hmm. because in, in December, what happens is bleeding into January. Absolutely. And I'm of making course, note about that too. Good job. Good, good, good. And, you know, for the time being, we have, you know, important things happening, it seems like in December. Not that we don't have important things happening in other months. But so we have the solar eclipse on the third, fourth, right here, where we're sitting today. And then we have Venus uh, in Capricorn. And she is going to come into a conjunction with Pluto at 25 degrees of Capricorn. So now we need to look at the neighboring sign because Sagittarius leads into, bleeds right into right. Capricorn energy. Mm -hmm. And Capricorn energy is all about the forms and the function and the the building of something, the setting of goals and the, the building, right? Setting that foundation sure. so that what we build has yes. feet, 
has legs. Yes. And uh, Venus and Pluto coming together here is a, a probably a more positive thing than than what some people will look at. I think of Venus as a benefic planet that brings us to the truth of our values yes, and our relationships, our loves, right? Yes. The loves of our lives, mm -hmm. our friends, our family, our, our support, you know, the people in, in that are important to us. Mm -hmm. And Pluto brings transformation. Mm -hmm. He is kind of a bugaboo in all of this, right? Because he, he's about power and he's about power struggles in the more negative and he could be about transformation death rebirth so there's a lot of you know of the that feeling like yeah um but if you have a strong relationship then it gets stronger if you have right. a weak relationship it might be the opportunity to rebuild it to right. refashion it or to let right. go of it if it isn't serving either of you anymore and that's the big news when we have you know venus uh, with dancing with Pluto, not once, not twice, but three times <laughs> over these next couple of months. Uh, she da dances with him on the 11th in an exact conjunction, dancing with him again on December, uh, was it 19th? No, December 25th. Oh, great. Christmas. Christmas um, Day. Christmas Day uh, in a conjunction again. And I wrote on my notes, choose wisely. Hmm. Mm. I was probably thinking, choose which, you know, that's a day where we're all gathered, right, with family, with friends, uh, and it always leaves us the potential then for the exposure of things, old hurts, old wounds, uh, or is it how, you know, we love one another? So we have this cho choice, choose wisely. Um, and the gate in your human design that Venus and Pluto are coming together in is in the gate 61. It's on the head center. It's a very top center, the middle oh. gate, it's coming down. It's called the okay. gate of awe and wonder. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? So if I, I wish I could put this into words that I can feel the magic in, in, in this connection, but I can't quite bring it into words. But when, when we tap into the magic, the alchemy that's possible in any given moment, then we can see that two planets coming together in a gate like this is a grand opportunity to create a pathway of change, mm -hmm. of living in the magic of the moment, right? Falling in love with each other once more. Um, mm -hmm. And if, if it's been a falling out of love with someone, there's still love here. And you can maybe even see how with love you can release one another or release whatever it is that you need to. Um, the 61 in the shadow, though, is the problem. And that's where most of humanity has been sitting that we're trying to struggle and pull out of. And that's psychosis, right? We've been caught up in our beliefs about how we think things should be. And uh, this is a time for us to break out of those old patterns, to let go of that psychosis. It's literally a madness that's going on in the in the collective mm. as we are learning to let go of that, right? To, mm. to stop trying to hold on to the past, to relive the past, to allow ourselves the potential to say, okay, yeah, things are changing. <laughs> let's move ahead, right? Let's, let's incorporate the new. I don't want to say trash the past because that's not that either. It's taking mm -hmm. the best of our experiences, the best of the things that we love about who we are, where we live and marrying it to the next best things, right? The next uh, possible future. So it has a uniting quality about it. Mm -hmm. If we live in the uniting piece of it, instead of the separating piece of it.
Mm. So we can either be in the shadow and choose to be there in separation or polarity or duality, or we can take that very duality and put it in the context of how does that unify us, right? Mm. That we all have brilliant ideas, that we all have, um, you know, different ways of seeing the world. So we have that potential. On December 15th, Mars is going to conjunct the South Node. Oh, yes. Important. You know why? Because the eclipse is conjunct the South Node. It's a South Node eclipse, Mm. which which means we're waffling between moving forward or moving backwards. Like we're poised right at this fulcrum point. Mars likes action. He doesn't like to wait. He's not a very patient creature. He's not designed to be patient but now he might have to be a little bit more patient to wait to see what openings are coming up so wherever mars is uh in or this would be happening in sagittarius right so wherever that's happening in your chart again that same house Mm -hmm. is where the opportunity is for you to see the path of uh, forward instead Mm -hmm. of holding yourself back I'm, i'm thinking about uh sagittarius and a word that i tend to associate with Sagittarius is the word dogma. And yes. when I think about the the mundane astrology and the world, I mean, releasing dogma, letting go of old thoughts, old rules, and I'm using air quotes here, about what you believe or what you've been told to believe. Like, I think this is such an important piece of our awakening. Um, by the way, I, I should mention, I have Mars and Sag, the whole like going fast thing, it's scary. <laughs> there's a, a lot Mars of Sag. Uh, uh, there, I think there's somebody's chart I'm looking at today that has that same thing at one degree or zero degrees of Sagittarius. So under the gun right now, yep. dealing with how do I move forward without trashing the past right. or without dragging the baggage of the past forward with me? Right. Right. We want to take the beauty of the past. We just don't want the baggage. Right. Um, but we tend to bring that. That's part of our awakening is that we can let go of all the hate, of all the, the, the misdeeds. We can we can let that go in favor of loving uh, the potential for the future. Right. right. For what we have. Which is also so sad. <laughs> the potential. So sad. Right. That arrow pointed right there at the galactic center, uh, which right now is streaming a lot of particles our way. Right. Mm-hmm think about this, the sun will hit the galactic center later this month. Oh, right at, uh, let's see, it'll be about the 17th, 18th, or so of December, maybe from about the 17th on to uh, just just to the solstice because of the width of the galactic center, it's not small, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's big. And so the planet, you know, or the sun going across that is bringing us so much maybe the timing and all of this the patience if you're willing to wait comes with the sun's conjunction to the galactic center as we move on through the month of december on december 19th venus turns retrograde at 2 38 a.m i am famous for being awakened in the middle of the night by planets changing direction no kidding i never realized that that was what was waking me up but i started tracking it and going oh neptune turned retrograde or Neptune turned direct on Wednesday (laughs) and, uh, you know, causing, you know, me to, I I tapped into it somehow. I don't necessarily feel it during the day when I'm awake, if the, if the transit's happening during the day, but if it's happening at night, you know, my defenses must be down and I'm like, Oh, I sense that. I'm going to have to check on that because I wake up a lot overnight. I'm going to check on that. Okay. Check and see what your planets are doing. I will. Yeah. Yeah. 
On Christmas Eve, uh, December 24th, Saturn and Uranus come into the final exact square. Yes. Woo. <sighs> but it's not over, right? I'd love to say, and that's it. We're done. Nope. But for all of 2022, literally, they stay within orb of one another, never quite coming into that exactness again. But do we really need it with these two planets? No. Right. Nope. nope. They are, this, th these two are responsible for the collective shifts that we are making, right, from the collective. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've seen this goes back to a huge mythology. And I shared this last year when I did the webinar for 2021, the theme of Saturn and Uranus where the father's ca being castrated by the sun and uh, the, the mythology of this meaning, you know, fear, there's fear about moving into the future. And there's also a fear about the past repeating itself. So Uranus being the more forward moving, the more revolutionary, you know, um, takes the genitals of his father, Saturn, sort of like emasculating the, um, the past and setting us up for the revolution that comes with the future. But then in some ways, the myth gets turned around uh, where Saturn resurrects uh, <laughs> some of the kids, the, some of the children, so that he, he can, you know, come back. And uh, I think that this is a titanic struggle it's beyond us as individuals so the titans are fighting they're challenging one another it's almost like what i look at as our congress right now in the usa right the titanic struggle between parties or between yes. factions within the parties and and you know eventually uh it looks looking like they're getting a little bit better at working out things i mean there's still contention and all of that i'm not pollyanna they're thinking they're going to get you know happy-go-lucky. No. Uh, but it seems like things are starting to work out. Is that because Saturn is in its last final square with Uranus? Mm -hmm. And now we get to see, you know, maybe fighting isn't the way forward. Maybe mm -hmm. it hasn't been serving us. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe trying to cut off each other's nuts isn't all that good. <laughs> There's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, so... Uh, and then December 28th, of course, uh, Jupiter into Pisces. And I'm going to I'm going to time travel with all of you for a bit because this also happened May 13th of 2021 when Jupiter first moved into Pisces, right. little toe tap right into the sign. And immediately thereafter comes into the gate 55 in our human design, which is about dealing with victimization energy mm -hmm. in order to be free. Right. And the gene keys, the gift and the city are freedom. Are we going to take it? Mm -hmm. Are we going to move it? Uh, are we going to stay stuck? Right. Right. Oh, and we do have one more. Sorry, forgot. December 29th, not to be outdone. Mercury comes into oh. a conjunction with Venus and Pluto. Yep. Messenger. Yep. The messenger, the messenger. Um, what message might he bring? and add to this idea of creating a unity, creating a unifying quality to the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to see. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. That's all I had for today other than sharing from you. What else would you like to tell us about the Almanac? Where can people get it? Um, uh, I have, I, I, oh, go ahead. You have like three different ways that people can get this. I mean, uh -huh. that different, Formats. formats, different formats. It comes in a beautiful coil binding if you like to open your book flat. 
it comes in a traditional paperback and you can get it as an ebook if you just want to have it on your phone so you can check in every week you can do that um go to theenergyalmanac.com literally just the name of the book theenergyalmanac.com and you can grab it there please do follow me on instagram um again at the energy almanac but uh just like it's all there for you all of it's laid out janet goes nice and deep um, the energy almanac will give you the flavor, but if you really, you know, follow, make sure you're staying on Janet's speed because she's so powerful, <laughs> so amazing. But you need the big picture, right? You the big need, picture. You need the big picture. And if you're so just, you just the starting with astrology, this is the book. If you're just, if you've been afraid of astrology, the energy almanac is the book you want. Yep. Absolutely. That's perfect because you do have a way um, of being able to, oh, to, to break it into pieces that are understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's one of the really good points about the energy almanac. It's accessible to yeah. know, to, even if you know nothing about astrology, right. you would get the gist of what's happening based on how you, you write that yes. uh, or how you insisted everybody else write in it. <laughs> exactly. And that's my goal is to keep it um, something everybody can take a bite of and and work with so yeah, yeah. very good so uh that's available also digitally right in a Absolutely. digital download yep ebook they're all at theenergyalmanac.com there's all digital downloads and two formats i love it i love it that makes it easy to get uh quick right it's at your fingertips Absolutely. if you're waiting for the media mail to get it to you in uh uh paper form <laughs> um, you can get the digital format it's at amazon as well so if anybody needs it through amazon it's there awesome yeah. um now just quick housekeeping things if you are watching this video today and you are enjoying what we are talking about and you're on youtube please hit the thumbs up button mm. and if you have not yet subscribed please subscribe if you are on facebook watching this live today please hit the like button and then of course share it share it with your friends mm. share it with your other social medias um, we need to get the word out right to get this idea that there's an awakening let's distill it there's a big awakening going on Yes. Right. There's an awakening going on that's leading us to possibly unifying, right? The unification feature. And then just little buzzwords, cooperation, right? That's going to be a big buzzword uh, as we move into 2022. Absolutely. And I've got a new word that I've been using renaissance. Ooh. Renaissance. Ooh, that goes all the way in. Right. And thinking that renaissance doesn't happen on one moment or in one day. It's a process yeah. that I think is birthing, that there's a renaissance birthing here. So, well, and, right. And then also, if you go to my website, living-astrology.com, you can get your ticket to the Astrology of 2022 webinar coming up December 14th. It is at 12 p.m. Pacific time. I know that's a weird time for some people. I had to pick a time that would kind of help everybody be there, but it's recorded. So if you can't get there live, you can still get the recording of it. And as well, there's a free gift. And that gift is the calendars for 2022 and your timeline, personalized astrology for 2022. Can't beat it. So that's it for me. Any last words, Tam? No, I know just you know, do your work, everyone do your find out where your Sag is, be ready for this eclipse and, and uh, hoping you have a stellar year for 2022. Blessings to all of you much love. I will see you on Monday morning, Tam, thank you so much for being here and sharing with us and for 
uh, being a good listener and a good participant in this astrology conversation. Mm. Uh, take care, everybody. Oh, Tom wants me to pull a card for the weekend. I think I'll take the time to do that. Tam, if you need to go, please feel free. Oh, I was looking uh, for my deck. I don't have one. <laughs> um, let's see which deck, which deck are we feeling? Because I've got about 20 of them. Uh, I'm feeling Galactic Heritage, right? The Galactic Heritage cards by Lissa Royal Holt. And these cards are going to tell us how our star sisters and brothers are guiding us giving us wisdom. And we, I always forgot, I forget we do this every Friday, really. We, and Mondays too, we're pulling cards just for the collective. So give us a card that helps us move forward fearlessly. Pulse of life. <laughs> the galactic core. What did we talk about? The galactic center? Oh, yes. The galactic center. So we have two, the pulse of life coming from the galactic core. And this is a parallel to our own uh, world at the moment. Card number two. And here we go. Like a great galactic clock, the galaxy's core calibrates the rhythm of evolution of consciousness through its wave emissions. Ancient civilizations such as the Maya were fully connected to it and were able to plot a galactic calendar using this wisdom. All life, including you, can feel this pulse from the core, including you, including you all, right? That's the key. We always seem to think we're outside of that, but we are not. Um, look out into the night sky and connect with the dark spot in the Milky Way. Let yourself breathe in this energy, resetting you to the natural pulse of the universe. You cannot rush evolution. This is the card of trust. Of I think we've used is. that word a few times. Yes. Let go and allow the universe to work through you. While creation spans an infinite number of galaxies and states of consciousness, this card represents the energy of our home galaxy. At the center of any galaxy, the core acts like a metronome, almost like a heartbeat that guides the pace of evolution of all the consciousness in that particular galaxy. The Maya and other ancient civilizations understood this great role played by the galactic core and were able to interpret this pulse through their advanced calendric system that described the process of evolution from, separa from separation back into unity. Woohoo! Everyone is attuned to this metronome, but only some can feel it. In the year 2012, our solar system crossed over the galactic disk, beginning a new 13,000 year cycle of evolution. We are now able to access a whole new energy that facilitates integration and evolution during this cycle. Some have also called this the rising of the cosmic feminine. If this card has come up in your reading, then it is either acknowledging your innate connection to this galactic pulse, or it is encouraging you to begin developing it. Hmm. When you do this, the cosmic plan unfolds within you, and it becomes so much easier to connect with the higher self and flow with the natural current of you instead of trying to manipulate events with the ego personality. Connecting with this energy brings a tremendous sense of peace and stillness and truly facilitates your journey back home. I couldn't, I always say this because this happens every time. I couldn't have planned a better card, right? Yeah. The galactic core, which is another word for the galactic center. All right, that's it for us this morning. Thank you so much for being here. See you on Monday. Thanks again, Tam. Bye. Bye. And 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.